Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today uh, with T. Harv Ecker, author of Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. T. Harv Ecker is the son of, of European immigrants who came to North America with $30 to their name. He grew up in Toronto but spent most of his adult years in the United States. Money was scarce throughout his childhood, uh, so at age 13, uh, T. Harv Ecker went to, began to, uh, his work career. As a teen, he delivered newspapers, scooped ice cream, sold novelties at fairs and suntan lotion uh, at the beach. After a year at, at uh, York University, he decided to take some time off to pursue his dream of becoming a millionaire. Well, during the, his early years uh, as an adult, he lived in five different places and cities and uh, went from odd-end jobs and what have you, and as a result, he couldn't achieve the success that he wanted. Finally, after many years of frustration, he hit the jackpot. He opened his first retail fitness stores uh, throughout North America and grew the business uh, over to 10 stores. Uh, and then he sold part of the uh, company to a Fortune 500 uh, corporation. And uh, with that sale, he was a millionaire, finally. Uh, however, in less than two years, uh, the money was gone. Through a combination of poor investments and unchecked spending, Ecker was back at his original net worth. And that's what we're going to be talking about today with Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and T. Harv Ecker. T. Harv, thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. Now, in your bio, you talk about um, reaching your goal of becoming a millionaire. <clears throat> you did so, and then you lost it. That is indicative of how important mindset is to wealth. You can attract it, you can accumulate it, but you can't sustain it if you don't have the mindset. Is that what you're talking about here? All three of them. Uh, your your you know your mind ends up being the root of of the root cause of everything. Mm -hmm. So literally, uh, you you will not be able to attract it. You will not be able to accumulate it. You will not be able to keep it if your mindset isn't in, in the space to do in the space to do so. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I think is really um, important to, for people to realize right off the bat is that uh, in this little bio here, uh, definitely I lost that money. Or you know, I, again, I don't even look like I lost. I just it just wasn't. There anymore, <laughs> but that wasn't the first time that that had occurred. And so, what was interesting was, you know, I think this is. Uh, oh, that's interesting. So this was a pattern. Well, exactly. And so the thing is that when I look at it, at it now, hindsight, they say is what 2020. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the whole thing was basically ordained. You know, now I do because <laughs> I'm not in it anymore. But I look back at it now, and it was literally um, when I lost that money. I was I looked back at my bank account, and I noticed I'd come to that same amount of money, literally almost to the dollar several times. Wow. And it just so happened that serendipitously that I was in the fitness business. I opened one of the first retail fitness stores in the world and mm -hmm. I opened 10 stores in two and a half years as you said and sold out to the H.A. Heinz Corporation mm -hmm. for a large sum of money. And um, and so I was talking about this thing because I was in the fitness business. I was talking about this thing called the set point when it comes to our weight. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, a place, uh, a place, a set point is a place where your body is just comfortable and familiar with 
with and just keeps going back to. You know, in other words, you go on a cruise and you gain 10 pounds, you come back and your body's just normally with your normal routine going to go back there. Mm-hmm. If you lose weight because you're sick, your body just, when it regains its health, going to just don't normally go back to that set point of your weight. And I realized, because I talk about this all the time, that uh, when I looked at this bank account number, I said, oh my God, just in the same way that we have a set point when it comes to our weight, we also must have a set point when it comes to our money. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever talked about this. Mm-hmm. And so it just so happened again serendipitously that I've been working on myself very heavily on an inner level, uh, reconditioning myself to try to accumulate some new habits, some new new character, actually, because I had a newborn son. I actually was about six months old. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, and kind of bare my soul here, I didn't like the way I was handling him. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I handled my daughter from the standpoint of being a, a dad, it was just miraculous. But my son, I guess I had different expectations. And I heard my father's words and, and demeanor coming out when I dealt with my son. Wow. And I decided, you know, very quickly, I said, I basically hate myself for, for being like this with him and I've got to make a change. And mm. so I called a friend of mine, I hadn't even been into personal development very much, I called a friend of mine who I knew was a great dad and I said, what, what can I do? And he said, you've got to work on you. You know, the dad part is, is literally just an extension of who you are. And I mm. said, well, okay, I don't understand it, but I'll do what you say because I can't handle this. Uh, and so I started working myself very heavily and, and, it, and it worked very well from the standpoint of reconditioning some of the old patterns that I'd had ingrained in me and so I began using that same reconditioning methodology for my money and lo and behold Philippe it just took off and everything's just been unbelievable ever since. Well, that's now, fascinating. Help uh, over a quarter million people um, change that internal what we you know an internal money thermostat that conditioning that pattern that they don't realize is even in there uh, that set point and come come to completely new levels of financial success and happiness in their life. Now you went from broke to millionaire in less than three years if you will uh, as it was written in, in, in your work here um, but from talking with you you've done this before what was the uh, the aha moment for you where you realized that your consciousness had altered had changed and you had the mindset do you remember the day do you remember an event or an experience when you when it changed for you I think um, probably when when I would say that uh, the results speak for themselves. When I started to accumulate money faster than I'd ever even looked at before, mm-hmm. when success started just pouring on to me without a lot of struggle, when it just became natural from the rooms, you know, the rooms started filling up uh, because we're in the seminar training business primarily, and the rooms started going from 100 to 200 to 500 to mm-hmm. where there some, some many of the rooms are 2,500 people mm-hmm. per weekend mm-hmm. without, you know, we certainly do our marketing, you know, we run our business hopefully properly, but literally this has taken on a, a life of its own and, you know, it's like one of these grassroots things that's just like people are finding out about it and telling people about it. We have people that come from Australia, from England, from Japan for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then they keep coming back to our other programs because they see the effect of the first one. So, you know, we're very fortunate to have hit on anybody who listens to this call. I want, I want you to recognize something, if I can speak to them directly. Sure. That is that I fervently believe, and I hope you can recognize it in my voice, that, you know, I've been around the block. 
You know, I spent 13 years with nothing but struggle. Because don't forget, Philippe, I, I wasn't one of these people. There's many people who aren't interested in wealth. Mm-hmm. Many people who aren't interested in financial success. And, you know, power to them, whatever. If it works for you, great. But I was. You know, when my, I grew up with money meaning survival. Mm-hmm. My parents, when they came over from Europe, they had nothing. And, and they taught me that if you don't have money, you're as good as dead. Mm. You will not live, okay? Because you won't live. Someone will take, you know, take your life from you, and that's where they grew up in. And so, literally, um, I wanted to be. My my friends wanted to be astronauts and baseball players and and uh, doctors and lawyers. I just wanted to be a millionaire. <laughs> a simple goal. <laughs> and so I I did my apps. I did everything. I even left school at the end of the first year of college in order to achieve that holy grail. And and it was nothing but struggle. I worked literally twenty hours a day. You know. I, I, I did everything I possibly could. I read every every book on business and this and that. And, and you know, I would do okay, and then I, it would be back to zero again. And somehow, again, I didn't think I was sabotaging myself, but the results showed for themselves. And literally, when I started moving into this body of work, um, it changed, like you say, almost overnight. And the more I did, the more I worked on me, on Harv, on my internal characteristics, mm-hmm. on my internal habits, on my internal, the way I I thought, you know, because here's the thing that I found out, and that is that your thoughts lead to your feelings, that lead to your actions, that lead to your results. Absolutely. So your thoughts are the base root of your results. Well, you said something interesting, uh, Harv, and that was you, 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 your, your blueprint or your thermostat uh, was preset, preconditioned by your parental upbringing. That's right. You know, you, you hit it right on, on the head here. You know, one of the things I say in the back of the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, is give me five minutes with anyone and I can predict your financial future mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. How? By identifying your money blueprint. You see, Philippe, each of us has a personal money blueprint already ingrained in our subconscious mind, and it's this blueprint, this pattern, this, this thermostat, more than anything else that will determine your financial life. So mm-hmm. what that means is you can know everything about business or real estate or stocks, you can be the best at your job, you can know every strategy in the world, but if your subconscious money blueprint isn't preset for high levels of success, you're never going to amass a lot of money, and if by some chance you do, and I know about this, you're going to end up losing it. Can I give you an example? Absolutely. I think we've all heard of the fellow by the name of Donald Trump. Yeah, I think that, uh, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. What does he do again? There's uh, <laughs> this multi-billionaire who loses everything and more. Exactly. Two years later, he's got it all back again and more. And more. That's right. Why? Because his money blueprint is set for high. That's right. On the other side of the coin, I think you've heard it, everyone's heard it, we have the lottery winners. Mm-hmm. They win five or ten or a hundred million dollars. Five years later, Philippe, believe it or not, half of them are right back to where they started. And Why? some in worse situations. That's right. Yes. Why? Because their money blueprint was set for low. And what people don't realize is that we were all taught, I repeat, we were all taught, we were conditioned on how to do money. Nobody comes out of the womb doing money. We were all taught. And we were taught by people who either didn't have a lot of money or had a lot of emotion.
emotional issues and secrets and scars around it, mm-hmm. their ways of thinking and their patterns and their ways of acting became our money habits and our money blueprint. Absolutely. They imprinted themselves on our lives. And the problem is this, Philippe. People don't even realize they're being run by these subconscious imprints. They're on autopilot. Exactly. And they think they're living by choice. Yes. And can I, can I explain why? Sure. This is why, and this doesn't just go for money, by the way. This goes for everything in your life. Same with your relationships. You have a relationship blueprint. You have your happiness blueprint. You have your inner peace blueprint. You have all those things that are, are run, as you say, on autopilot. And there's a reason that it's on autopilot and you don't recognize it. And that is because, basically, our mind is nothing more than a big old storage cabinet. You know, we, we, we deal with, again, hundreds of thousands of people a year. And so we have to keep things really simple. So people, I think that people like what we do because we keep it simple and it works for them because they can understand what to do on mm-hmm. it. But your mind is nothing more than a big old file cabinet. It's a big storage bin. And so it takes all the information you see, hear, feel, touch, taste, smell, all those sensory uh, elements and even more. And it, and it stores them. It gives a meaning to them. And so it puts a label on it. And it stores them in, the, in a specifically labeled file in your storage cabinet, in your file box, same as you would in your norm, in your house or your office. Mm-hmm. And so this is the information you have to go by. If you've got, if you, if you're looking for a lease, for example, in, in your file cabinet, but it's not, you don't ever have it in there. It was never in, put in your file cabinet. You're not going to find it. It's just not going to be there. Absolutely. Same. And so you can only find, you know, what to deal with on your desk. What's in that file cabinet? And so what comes across your table? So literally, what happens is we've got these file cabinets full of stuff, information. But the problem is that, you know, the information that was installed there, installed there by, by, by who? By parents, by what? Media, mm-hmm. by culture, mm-hmm. by um, uh, religious leaders, mm-hmm. uh, by teachers, especially around money, success, wealth, and rich people. That's the information that's under the money file. Mm-hmm. And so what you believe is your own choice, so an opportunity comes your way and you're going to make a decision. You going to go to Philippe to make that decision to get the information to make that decision? Where's the only place you can go to? The file cabinet. That's right. Your money file. Mm-hmm. You? only place you can go to. So you pull your money file out and you make a decision based on what you know or based on what you think. That's what it's called by what you think. That's right. <laughs> and you make the decision. But here's the problem. The decision is made from the information that's in the file, but the file was installed there by from people who may not have been overly successful or overly mature around the money issue. Absolutely. And so you're going to make this decision based on what you know and what you believe to be true and accurate mm-hmm. and the right thing for you. That's but right. it may not be supportive. How do you know if it's supportive? How do you know if your money file cabinet, how do you know if those files, if your blueprint is supportive? If you've got a blueprint that's, that's supportive to wealth and success, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your results. Absolutely. That'll tell you everything you need to know. Look at the way, look at your income level. Look at your, your net worth. Look at the way you manage money or you don't, or you mismanage money. Look at the way you invest or you don't invest. You bring up a very good point, T, uh, because one of the things that I think uh, I, I want you to talk about as well is dealing with this money uh, uh, blueprint and this thermostat that we have within this file cabinet. You know, a lot of people um, can and are making a lot of money. They're making millions of dollars, but they're only really having a, a, a net worth of maybe $50,000 in terms of being able to maneuver that money. And so you can be rich but still be poor, and that is in direct correlation to your money mindset. Everything comes out to your money mindset because, you know, you're talking about $50,000 is accurate, and mine is $50,000 is accurate, too. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, um, because... 
because people have a different way of uh, uh, all different ways of thinking around money. So literally, it's this. In, in summary of that, it's this blueprint that's going to determine your financial life. How do you get your blueprint? As I said, we learn it. You know, take culture. That's a perfect example. Isn't it true that certain cultures have a certain way of thinking dealing with money, mm-hmm. and, and other cultures have a completely different way of thinking dealing with money? Yes. Yes. And, and were they come out of the womb doing it that way, or were they taught how to do it? They were taught how to do money that way, and that's how they do it. So then the question becomes this. How are we taught? Three primary methods, and I want everyone to listen to this because it will help you in all the areas of your life, not just money. You need to, like there's, in the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, we talk about, you know, elements of change. How do you change? There's five specific keys, but the first one is awareness. You have to know where you're at, basically, you know, that it's working for you or not. But the second one is understanding. You have to know where it comes from, all right? So you can recognize that and disassociate from it. So you have to understand recognize it's not you. It was just information that was installed there, and you may not have to believe it if it's not working for you, Mm -hmm. right? And so we learn in three different ways. What are they? Number one, verbal programming. What did you hear when you were young? Number two, modeling. What did you see when you were young? And number three, specific incidents. What did you experience around money, success, wealth, and rich people when you were young? And we take all those into account, and those become our file cabinet or our money blueprint. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that that um, I really enjoyed about this book, you say on on, on page fifteen, you say the lack uh, a lack of money is simply what's going on underneath uh, or underground. Um, what's really interesting about this is that you can, as you went through this process, you can attract wealth, but then you won't sustain it. And I think people have a tendency to go out to the riverboats and to the Las Vegas and wherever and think that they're going to instantly uh, win money, make money, and everything is just going to be A-OK. And if you don't change those core beliefs, what's in the subconscious mind, I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about that because you talk about that extensively in the book, about the subconscious mind, I guess, versus logic. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we're going back to this blueprint again. So, um, you know, you've, you've mentioned that, you know, you're, if once you have money, you're not going to keep it. But here's my experience, Philippe. You know, I deal with literally, again, 2,000 people a weekend. And so most people don't attract money. They, don't, they can't create it. Wow. You know, they're, they're, they haven't, it, their vehicle is, is fairly dismal. And, and so they don't make a lot of money. The second thing they don't do is if they make it, they don't keep it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't manage it. Why? Well, we say, well, I don't manage money. And people have all kinds of reasons why they don't manage money well. But there's only one major reason. is because, A, either you weren't taught how to manage money, but more likely you know what to do, but you're not doing it. Why? Because mm-hmm. your money blueprint's not set for managing money. So either your money blueprint's set for managing or not. So your money blueprint is either set for attracting money or creating money, or it's set for keeping money or it's, uh, and saving money. Or, it's, it's, or some people, they make it, they keep it, but... They can't invest it, and if they do, they <laughs> right. lose it there. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Other, you know, or so. In other words, there'll be a host of things. If your money blueprint is set for success and ongoing growth of your success, you'll never keep it. And so, here's the thing that people have to recognize: your money can only grow to the extent that you do. Mm-hmm. I'll that. Your money and your income and your wealth can only grow to the extent that you do. What do I mean by that? Well, one of the things you know in the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. There are 17 very specific ways that rich people think very differently than most other people. 
people. And we can probably talk about those a little bit too. Sure, sure. And, and, and again, those, and why do we do that? Because there are certain files that work for people, okay? Money files. Absolutely. And money files that don't. You say on so, page 62, you say poor people play the money game on defense rather than offense. That's powerful. That's, that's very true. So literally, what we want to do is we want to adopt and model uh, people's money files that work for them. In other words, uh, you know, uh, and those people have a name. They're called rich people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the book, again, there's very specific strategies, practices, and actions with each one. And, yeah, let's talk about a couple of them if that's okay with you. Sure, sure. So let's talk about the one that you just talked about there. Yeah. Um, rich people, rich people, they play the money game to win. And most poor and middle class people, they play not to lose. So what you said is accurate. Most people play the money game on defense. Their goal is survival and security. Mm -hmm. Their big intention is to have enough to pay the bills. You know, on time would be a miracle. Or they just <laughs> have enough. Or they just want to have enough. Or, or they just want to get by, okay? Yeah. I just want to be comfortable, to, uh, Harv. I just want to be comfortable. Whatever that means. I've yeah, never understood that one. one there, oh, my sure. goodness. So, due to the power intention, that's exactly what you're going to get and not a dime more. Mm -hmm. And, of course, middle class people, as we just, as you just mentioned so eloquently, their big intention is to be what? You hit it. Comfortable. Mm -hmm. Let me say this right now. And that's their, their, that's their and, and here's this. If, let me say this loud and clear so everyone can get this. If your intention, which is the most powerful manifestation process you have, if your intention is to be comfortable, you're never, ever, ever, ever going to get rich. Absolutely. Why? Because there's different actions and a mindset necessary to get rich versus getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. And there's different mindset and action necessary to get comfortable than to just get by. Completely different worlds, okay? And so, on the other hand, if your intention is to get rich, then you're probably going to end up pretty comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to be comfortable, my friend? Get rich! <laughs> you know, this is a good time for me to stop for a second. And, and I think let people know the why behind all this. Because people, I think, will hear about me. They say, I've been called a financial evangelist. All right? <laughs> and I will take that as a, as a compliment. Absolutely. And, there, and there's a reason for it, because it's not about the money, Philippe. It's, it's not about the money. It's about your money is just a scorecard of your own real success, who you are, who you've grown to. You see, again, I said your money can only grow to the extent that you do. What that means is that you're like a container. Again, in one of the principles, it says you have to become, uh, you have to become bigger than your problems. Mm -hmm. you, you are the container for your life, meaning you're the container for your money and your success, meaning that you're, if, you are a, if, you, if you have a lot of money, but there's a small container, what happens to that money? If you have a small container? If you're in a small container, right, and there's a lot of money that comes your way, what has to happen? Oh, my gosh. Well, you're going to find a way to lose it. Exactly. It's going to overflow. It yeah. can't fit inside can't of you. Fit. It'll have to go somewhere or to someone else, Absolutely. Right? So you've got to grow yourself to be a very big container, mm -hmm. meaning who you are in character and mind and heart and spirit so that you can not only attract more money, but you can hold it once it comes because you are a large container and it doesn't need to overflow away from you. Now, you talk about every weekend you have these wonderful events. Could you give the people on this call uh, a way to contact you so that they can be, become a part of these events? 
Absolutely. It's the, the website is www.secretsofthemillionairemind.com, www.secretsofthemillionairemind.com. And the book is available pretty well everywhere, Barnes & Noble, Borders, all the bookstores, and uh, on Amazon and, and online. And I don't know if, uh, if, if you're aware of this, but the book is uh, went number one, it hit the trifecta, number one New York Times, number one USA Today, number one Wall Street Journal, all in its first couple of weeks out. Fantastic. And it stayed very close to the top. We've been on the bestseller list for the, ever, ever since the book came out. And the reason is simple. It works. The reason that we have 2,000 people in our in our events is because it works. People have found what I'm going to call, you've hit the jackpot here. Mm-hmm. Again, you can, we teach marketing, we teach real estate, we teach all those things. But you know what? We don't even let you into those programs until you've done this work first. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to happen? You're going to learn about marketing, you're going to learn about negotiations, you're going to learn about business, and what's going to happen? Nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing. Nothing much will change. You'll know a few more skills. Great. Are you going to use them? No. And if you do, <laughs> and if you, do you won't use them effectively. And if they're effective, you'll make some money and you'll lose it. That's right. So what's the use? Absolutely. So let's, let's grow yourself so that you're a big container in who you are first. Then we can attract and keep all the money that we that we that we accumulate. And again, here's the thing. Uh, and so at these, there, here's the beautiful thing about this book. You know, one of the things that I've learned is that you know, in, as a trainer, we use accelerated training methodology that allows people to learn faster, remember more, and have a lot more fun. And what that means is that you know, reading a book is is fantastic. But you know, what's the reality? People say, "Harv, you're like the most realistic, down to earth guy that I know." And I take that again as a compliment. Mm-hmm. I'm a bottom line guy. And and so literally I wrote a book and there's thousands of books. I have maybe five hundred books on my bookshelf behind me. And some of them, you know, I read them, I go, Man, this is so great. This is an amazing book. And starting Monday morning, I'm gonna start to do this, this, and this. Right, right. And what happens Monday morning? <laughs> Life happens and you do nothing. <laughs> Absolutely. And wow, that was that was hot. 
Right. So let me just finish off on this thing because I have something very special for people, and then we're going to get into the, uh, the admiring piece. And that is in the, set, the book. The reason that in the book has a very special bonus. And right now with the book, people are going to be able to get two tickets to the entire three-day Millionaire Mind Transformational Seminar free with the book. What mm -hmm. that means is that each ticket is normally worth $1,295, so that would normally cost them about $2,600. It's free with the book so that we can take their learning to the next level and actually change the blueprint on the spot so they walk out with a different blueprint. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because um, that's something that can be ingrained in us at childhood. You know, like uh, in when we read story uh, uh, fairy tales and stories as kids, you know, the, the rich guy is always the bad guy also. Absolutely. I mean, the media, um, stories, uh, um, people who don't have money all justify the situation by making the rich people the bad guy. Hey, our own government does it every day. Right. You know, whenever the talk about taxes comes up, whenever the talk about money comes up, it's the rich people who who aren't paying their fair share, okay? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. In my experience, and this is, I don't want to get political here, getting rich takes a lot of energy, effort, and some intelligence, okay? And, and it makes, and, and, and it's a measure of who you've grown yourself to be and what you're willing to do and, and how much you've added value to people's lives because people only pay you for adding value. Yeah, speak on that. Speak on that. That's incredible, yes. One of the things I say in the book is that is that you get paid for adding value, okay? You don't get paid for your smile. You don't get paid for your nice hair necessarily unless you're a model. You get paid for adding value. That's right. The definition of an entrepreneur or a, per, or a person in business or even a person in a job is a person who solves problems for people at a profit or for pay. Yes. Okay? So you get paid for solving problems. If you're rich, it's because you got rich by solving a lot of problems for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And people are not going to like this. But if you're broke or you haven't made any, made any money or you don't make any money, it's because you're not solving a lot of problems for other people. And there's a good chance you're thinking mostly about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hate to say this, mm -hmm. but you've got to go out there to solve problems and add value to people's lives and make their lives happier and more convenient and more comfortable and, and more effective. And now you say on page 102, you say that the, one of the biggest obstacles to wealth is resenting self-promotion. And that is, that is germane to, to creating wealth. Well, hey, you know, um, uh, any anybody in any leadership position, be it the president of the company, of the company or the president of the country, yeah. or the president or the prime minister of any country, they didn't get there by uh, hiding out. Okay? Yes, yes. They got there by promoting themselves or promoting their message. Even Nelson Mandela, what's what's you know, he's not the most uh, um, you know character uh, charismatic leader, mm -hmm. but he's got a message that he. He's promoted all around the world. And any place he can put that message out, he's going to promote it. And it's the same thing with you. People resent people who prom uh, very often they resent promotion, and they're just slitting their own throat. Yes. Because if you, pr if you resent promotion and sales and marketing, that's just a way of exposing your message. And if you do it somewhat, you know, with some decent taste, not only is there nothing wrong with it, but it's the way of the world. And it's, there's no way you could become rich or successful even in your job. You know, if you're just a little mouse on a, a fly on the wall, a piece of wallpaper, you're not going to get ahead. You're not going to get a more uh, be promoted. You're not going to, to in your own business. No one's going to come.
come to because they don't right. even know what you do. You've got to get off that one. That that resentment towards promotion is an absolute killer to your success. So yeah. here's what here's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to practice promoting yourself. I encourage you to practice when other people are promoting to you, listening, taking advantage. And if 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 resentment comes up, just take a nice deep breath and say to your mind, "Thank you for sharing." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> There's some other things you can say, but that's a good good politically correct one to say. Here's one I love. File uh, well, file number thirteen. You say rich people focus on their net worth, and poor people focus on their working income. Wow. Most people focus on their working income. You ask the average person, you know, what, what's the talk? What's the talk if, if people are at a party or with friends? They go, uh, hey, how much do you make, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's how much do you earn? How much do you make? It's never, hey, what's your net worth? <laughs> we don't talk about stuff like that. But you know, you know who talks about that? Rich people. Mm-hmm. Rich people. If you go to a country club, you know, you don't hear things like, uh, hey, did you hear that that uh, Bob got a raise? <laughs> <laughs> If you hear that, you know what a person's not a member. Right. <laughs> because literally, rich people talk in terms of, hey, did you hear that uh, John's worth, you know, fourteen million and Sue sold her company, she's worth twelve million. That's right. And also acquired such and such. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about net worth because you know, net worth has always been the measure of wealth and working income has always been the measure of working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's the deal. One of the things that again um, I like to, to to expound and put out there is what's the goal of all this money? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, of course, it's your own lifestyle. There's no no question that a lot of people, including myself, you know, one of the benefits of, of being rich, I, again, I, I promote being rich, mm-hmm. is your own lifestyle. And and literally, um, you know, in, and, and to that effect, also becoming free, financially free. To me, that's winning the money game. You don't have to have billions and gazillions. You just have to be financially free so that you have a choice as what to do with your time. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to work or you don't want to work or work a little bit or a lot, you have some freedom to enjoy some life. But can I give give you the number one reason that I believe people want to become rich, and it's not about themselves, it's not about you, but I believe this, and again, it's going to sound really strange, but I believe this, that if you have the wherewithal to get rich, it is your absolute duty, your obligation to do so. Why? Mm-hmm. Why so yes. you can help the people who just will not and do not have that wherewithal? That's right. That's there's right. a lot of people in this world who don't have the wherewithal and will never have the wherewithal to forget about getting rich, but even hardly survive financially. That's right. That's They're right. in this country. They're in every country of the world. And if you're missing, if you don't have enough here, you can go across the pond overseas mm-hmm. and go to places like Africa and Uganda and places where people don't have... You know, you know, if they scrape up a couple of beans to eat that day, they're fortunate. And literally, um, can I give you a little quickie story on what I mean by this? Sure, please. There is a, an article I read in USA Today about a woman in Tanzania who has a goiter problem. Now, a goiter is where your people recognize it when your the neck swells up very, very huge, and and they, people have a hard time breathing. And if you've seen people like this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and goiter is an is a is a challenge that can actually be uh, handled with a 10-minute surgical procedure now. And in Tanzania, they have a decent medical system where she lives, and she um, uh, and she can actually get this operation, but the operation costs $35. She has been saving, Philippe, listen to this, 
She has been saving for over five years with goiter problem for this operation, and so far she has twenty-one dollars. Wow! In many, she twice a week she doesn't eat at all, so she can take her couple of pennies and put them away. And she just had another child, so she thinks it's going to take her another five years. They interviewed this woman, okay? So you would think, oh my God! Well, somewhere for gosh sake, just send her the stupid twenty dollars. Guess what? There's not her. There's not hundreds. There's not thousands. There's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in the same predicament, whether it's Gorda or something else. Wow. They're in the same position. And who's going to help them? And guess what? i got to say this. It's not the broke people of the world mm -hmm. that's going to help them. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anybody any favors by being poor. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You're not doing anybody any favors by being broke. I'm sorry. If you got ingrained in you that that's pious and spiritual to be broke, I, I'm going to ask you to examine that belief very closely and see if it's working for anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So literally, here's my thoughts. I, I feel I believe I'm a very spiritually based person. Doesn't mean I'm religion. Just mean spiritually connected. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I believe this. I think that if you're spiritual, if you're spiritually based, one of the things you want to do is you want to assist people. One of the things you want to do is you want to grow yourself to be the best person that you can possibly be. And one of the things is that if there's an essence in life, an area of life, an element of life, if it's a part of life, you take advantage of it because spirit is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so literally. You you know, I think that, that you know, in my book, um, um, in Secrets of Millionaire Mind, number 12, it says that rich people think both and poor people think what? Either or, mm -hmm. right? It's always mm -hmm. either or. As in, I'm either spiritual or I'm rich, or I'm kind and generous or I'm rich, or I'm... I have time and I have my health or I'm rich. Or I can have money or I can have love. All of these, Philippe, are what? Examples of scarcity thinking, right? Absolutely. And Part of the subconscious loop. Oh, what was that? Part of that subconscious loop. Right. And the answer to all of these things is I can have both. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I'd love to be a model for being kind and generous and, and spiritually based and really, really, <laughs> really rich. Really rich. <laughs> I love it. Both, you see? You know, you know You've heard the you've heard the, um, this, the the statement you can't have your cake and eat it too. Oh God, yes. And let me say this right now. That has to be the all-time dumbest statement I've ever heard in my Thank life. Thank you, Harv. Thank you so much. I've been saying that for years. My mom used to say it, and I just would look at her and say, okay, you know, maybe mom drank a little. I don't know. You know, that is just absolutely insane. But it conditions people. That's part of that file cabinet that you talked about earlier. It conditions people, and, and what it just it gives them a message. And, I mean, because you take a look at that statement. Just examine it for one second. You can't have your cake and eat it. What on earth are you supposed to do with this cake? Right. <laughs>
focus on the whole and wonder why they have nothing. I love it. In the 13 years that I wasn't making it, Philippe, I looked up to the sky one day after I'd lost it for the umpteenth time. I prayed and I said, somehow, Great Spirit, if, if you help me get through this and I make it somehow, I swear to you, I vow, I will help other people do it in the same way I did it. I didn't know how I'd do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what I've done. And I do it more as a mission, as a purpose, as a vow, as a promise that I have to keep. And I enjoy it. And I'm passionate about it. And I can talk about it a thousand hours a day, every day, because this is what changed my life. Unfortunately, it's changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people that we've been able to affect so far. And I invite everyone, encourage everyone to do what it takes to grow yourself and to literally alter the, revise the files in your own mind. And you can do that, that repatterning, that imprinting was installed there and it can be reinstalled there in the same way it was installed there the first time. It's not a voodoo or woo-woo thing. You were conditioned one way, we reconditioned exactly the same way. Your mind is a very obvious, it's nothing like a set of file box. You can delete files and you can install files. Absolutely. No big deal. Absolutely. Absolutely phenomenal. All right, my friend, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me, and I bless everyone who's listening or reading. Bless everyone. I'll talk to everyone soon.